I think we're in there. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Robert, and I am joined by CEO Spark New Zealand Telco Mafia. It is uh, Jolly Hodson. How are you? I'm great. Kia ora. Uh, I've decided that today is a new day for New Zealand, and I'm calling this day one of a new day of new business and a new New, a new, new Zealand. Some for the good, some for the bad. Uh, straight off the bat, you're just saying you're this is that. Are you going to be doing all your home offices? Like, this is the look because you'd have to decide where you put the background. Is this the this is the setup? Oh, this is the real background, but yeah. <laughs> I know you can get some of the uh, different, like Hawaii or uh, <laughs> different um, Star Trek type things. But yeah, this is this is my home office. We've got two teenagers downstairs who are digital schooling right now as well. So uh, the house is all go. How do they? Um, I mean, I did. Uh, I was at high school many many years ago. I didn't do too well. How do they track? kids to make sure they're actually doing the stuff is it fully visible from from each side how is the the technology keeping up with the snakes that don't actually want to do it i think um there are some that are fully you're like in a digital class effectively others have you're checking in um here's the tasks come back in check in and i know my son's video streaming at the same time right now as as we are yep (laughs) split screen that's a thing yeah yeah um so how many uh how many staff does spark have Spark has about 5,300 of our immediate staff, but we obviously work Jeez. with a lot of contractors and a lot of partners. So when you look at that and you think across New Zealand, it's quite a big, um, and then you think about our families. So it's a big, yep. it's Spark's a big family, yeah. Yeah, a lot of mouths to feed. The, um, how do you, I asked Jace this the other day, how do you think about your headspace to lead a team that big virtually? I think what you've got to think about is um, who have you got around you in your team? So that doesn't mean that one person is the only person or the, you know, the old, I think, vision of a CEO is you're that person who is um, makes all decisions, is all-knowing, and I don't think that's the world these days. It's really you get great people around you and you make sure you understand who's got what and we come together regularly. So with my leadership squad at the moment, we have a call 8.30 in the morning, a video call like this, another one at four, so start and finish of the day. We know what the big matters are in front of us, the choices we need to make. Because businesses and, and our people need real clarity, especially through mm. a time like this when a lot is changing around us. The you know environment at home, there's a lot of uncertainty. So we need to provide a real stable backbone for people, but then leave them to get on with the things that they need to do. So it's thinking about what are the things that are really important for me to have uh, a point of view on and make a decision on, and where is the empowerment for my team within that? How do you, um, you obviously, days like situations like this are obviously scheduled not scheduled but there's there's structure and formats and blueprints of how to sort of approach it yeah. was there a was the moment that you realized you had to strategize how to approach like leading i was talking to someone before in the real estate sector he, his words, he said march 23rd 1 30 the second she she uh jacinda said uh, we were going my whole world changed and in, in the in the next case of three hours i had to do blah, 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 and just this whole sort of thing was there a moment for you that you had to rejig mentally how you decide to i guess uh, approach leading spark moving forward i think um we've been building for this for a little while because we're a lifeline utility we have to be ready to um, operate all the way through uh the lockdown at any level um including level four so that meant we had to start preparing and thinking around how would we spend our time and largely i meant clearing out things that would have been in there in the past i mean a lot of things naturally fell away as social distancing became um, important, but it was actually then, okay, what are the critical things that we need to do? And as I said, for our people, 
it's also thinking about what communication. So we've been out, we started communicating on COVID at the end of January. So we're now two months into that. And oh, we wow. started preparing our people, the way we'd work, the way we thought about it. Because unlike um, previous, unfortunately in New Zealand, we've had a lot of natural disasters and things like that. They tend to affect um, property or things or parts of the country you can't access. This is a very different mm. situation where you've actually got to make sure for critical teams that have to be in a building, for example, that you thought about how you split them so you don't have a situation where you don't have people available yeah. for days. but a different way of thinking. So we spent a lot of time over the last month thinking about what do we do with each, well, we didn't have their specific levels. We did have a thinking around what happens if we shift to more lockdown. What if that's a local? What if it's a national? How would we set our people up for success and how do we make sure we get them um, so they're able to get ready for the new normal? Because it yeah. is very different to have everyone in your household home at the same time, to be trying to school, learn and keep working. So part of that's about making sure you allow time for that to happen because mm. People can't be um, fully engaged in what they need to do if they've got concerns in their home environment or, or, or worries around family and others. So I think it was really about how do we stage that in so our people are really ready when we know the rest of New Zealand is going to be looking at us to help support them through this change, whether they're in business, whether they're the consumer or just the overall community in New Zealand. Yeah, that's an interesting point, right? The, the the mental balancing of of rejigging and transitioning from the world the way they knew it to now I've got my personal, my professional, I've got my 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 kids, my education, I've got all these sort of things compounded into one. And it's something that I, I want to start bringing up early to more people is I, I think that that we need to be really wary of the the wave of mental pressure if people don't know how to to, to I call them wearing different hats, right? So I can flip in and I've got my work mode and then. Uh, a personal mode, log on, log off type thing. And I'm really good at switching that. But a lot of people uh, haven't had an opportunity to go through that thing of how they work that out. And yeah. it's that classic thing of so many times, I guess, for employers, I've never, I guess, really technically been an employee, but they, you know, leave the, my, my wife's a nurse, right? She's a nurse at Starship uh, Children's Emergency. She finishes her gnarly day. She walks home, work, left, works at the door, and mm -hmm. she can reset. But for so many people now, they don't actually have that option. It is they are there with their whole thing. So I think that whole mental side has been good. And it seems like you've, I guess you've had, what, two months to, I guess, mentally prepare that transition for stuff, right? Because it probably takes a bit to embed through it and actually get into execution mode. That's right. And I think there's been a lot of focus on physical health and well-being, which is absolutely important in terms of um, protection and not spread of the disease. But there's a big focus now as we move, we isolate people into what's, what are we doing as organisations and as a community to connect with others to make sure in a way that's non-physical? So whether that's like this, yeah. video streaming or on the phone, um, and to really focus in on how we connect and collect, keep collaborating because mm. people need that. Uh, at a time of uncertainty where there are concerns and you're not sure about what's coming next, you need some things that really bring you together as a team. You develop those new norms. So if we think about our tribes and our we work in an agile way, so our squads, they normally have a stand-up each day. So what does the stand-up look like in a virtual um, scenario? How do we think about, uh, it, it's not sort of the nine to five, I think it's a very different way. It's like, where's the water just cooler? Allowing, yep. Pardon? Like, where's the water cooler? Like, where are those yeah. moments of interactions? Yeah. yeah. My, um, so buddy, the beauty just of this got guys is that um, technology's moved on a long way. So whether mm. it's your team's collaboration tools, your Microsoft, there's lots of ways for people to still have that, but virtually. 
So I think it's making sure that if people set up with that, they're comfortable, they know how to use it. Imagine over these first few days as we really see it lift and scale and people working remotely across country, mm. I'm sure there'll be a few IT service desks and that getting hit with passwords and how do I set this up and all those sorts of things. But once that gets into a, the new norm, then I think we'll see, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether we see that, that real shift as this is a catalyst for, for much greater remote working than we've seen to date. Um, yeah. When we get through this, yeah. The tech's interesting, right? Because that same technology exists. Some are going to feel isolated, and it's a it's a it's a worry for their mental health. And then some, it's been weird. I've seen a couple of other relationships, and and comms actually gone up, and in more genuine care because they're looking out for others. And I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. a, a me versus we thing, but it's weird with the same bit of technology, the mind that you take into it actually shifts how you navigate in the process. And I was talking to a buddy, you know, I said, I, I'm I'm going to get when it's new and you don't know, um, like he was saying, you know, he'd tried to to, net, to integrate uh, Microsoft Teams for last year and they were like, stop it, we don't need that shit, whatever. And then in 24 hours, it's like, and everyone's on it. So yeah. exactly that, that same way. Right? So it's almost forced, um, the, the isolation pieces, it feels like it's really, it's put everyone on almost an even playing field in, in some weird way. So, and so that leadership side, the bit I feel, I feel maybe you had the advantage on too is as a bigger business, you know, you're publicly listed with billions of dollars, yada, 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 is you've had time to think about and plan for this. I was talking to, you know, uh, Dion Nash yesterday runs a, um, a Trump and disaster, a men's skincare company. And he was saying, you know, most small businesses, they don't have that luxury. You know, you got a couple of staff and whatever. It's not, I don't know if it's luxury or naivety that didn't think something like this could happen, but that, that I guess the, the, the smaller businesses that make up the, the, the majority of, I guess, New Zealand businesses, they probably wouldn't have never even thought this might have ever been a thing. And the, the, that weight is, is something that's pretty real, right? It absolutely is. And, and so one of the things I think as a community, New Zealand needs to do, um, big business, small business individuals, is thinking about how we reach out and make sure for, for those um, who are in the smaller, what are the tips, tricks that we can provide? How are we helping? And we've done some things in terms of, as the industry has, around um, support packages. But also in the last few weeks, you can imagine we have been, our business has been at capacity as we've helped people get mm. ready to take the remote learning. Um, you have never seen so many devices and um, software licenses and all those things going out as people have, have sort of come to the realisation that they could have the majority of their business not in the office so therefore how do they set it up in that for that new world and I think for smaller businesses that is challenging because you don't have as many people who can help support that so that's where we have to lean in making and we've tried to be so with our customers we've done a lot of briefings sent information out we've um, leaned in in terms of had numbers contacts people you can speak to if you're unsure and we'll continue to do so mm -hmm. and we had to move at scale our contact centers so yeah, how do you how do you navigate that? Like, how do you logistically? It must be a flipping shit show. So, so how did you navigate that? So part of our BCP had looked at different scenarios around. What does what BCP mean? Sorry, sorry, business continuity plan. So, yeah. what might happen if we lost a particular geography or we couldn't go into a site? How would we operate? And so, we've had a great team. Um, so, Grant's my customer director, looking at that. And and in the last ten days. We have got, um, by the end of the week, I think we'll have close to 400 people, agents working at home. So we've got all the cut out there so that they can shift. And that's a huge thing yeah. to enact in a two-week time frame and to keep. And, and that's about making sure we can continue to serve our customers as they're going through this this time. 
And for our people, it's, you know, they've lent into it and we've been moving people as well as, as we've seen some of the retail stores close for the right reasons. We've shifted them into going on the care queues to actually help out um, solve problems for customers. So I think that's what you need to do and that thinking, but that means you have to be thinking one or two steps ahead. What mm. could happen? And what would we, how would we respond to that? And we're not going to have all the answers. Um, you saw it saw on Monday, we saw a massive lift in voice calls as the Prime Minister's announcement came out. I mean, 300% growth and voice calls have been falling for the longest time, like the last huh. decade have been falling. Well, on Monday, they went through the roof. And so I think some of those things, that, then we've quickly put in a plan around how we um, increase our capacity, our handoff points between the other providers, so two degrees and Vodafone. And so we worked really well as an industry to solve those problems. And I think that's important at a time like this. This is where you put aside competitive things and you yeah. actually go, how do we lean in together? That, that was kind of the cool thing because um, uh, Jason was saying the other day that, you know, all the telcos have come together and it's all just like unlimited data for everyone, right? Because in times like this, someone asked the question was like, well, who's going to come out as the bad guy in this? And I said, well, I, and, and Pat was saying, he goes, I don't think there's a bad guy as such. I think it's just they're going to back the small and everyone's intent seems like it's aligned because it's not about the business. It's about the people and it's a no, good yeah. galvanizing time for it, right? Which is awesome. I, I think um, as an industry, we looked and said, well, we can see there's going to be financial hardship. We're going to see people will need data. So what we don't want to have is a concern there if you've got a cap on your broadband and you're not sure how you're going to, to pay that. We wanted to relieve that for that period of time. We will be in lockdown um, and a little bit beyond that just so that people can stay connected, can do the things they need to. Mm. And one of the ways I think of New Zealand getting through this really strongly is the ability to feel like you can still learn, you can still engage, you can still do work. And that means you've got to have critical infrastructure that's there to work for all of New Zealand. And I think mm. that's our been our big focus uh, working across the industry. Yeah, and I really don't think um, – the good thing about this is people definitely haven't second-guessed if the technology was capable enough to um, exist and survive. It's I just think of the timing of it. If this happened 10 years ago when we were still – you know, like you know, Skype calls at 56.6 or whatever it was – um, it logistically, physically wouldn't have been possible to, to do what's happening now, but the transition feels like it's been forced and it kind of brings up the idea about speed and innovation because a lot of the time people will give, you know, big corporate shit for being, moving so slow and cruise ship speed boat, like 100%, like I get that. And then it's really interesting in the last two weeks, I've seen the speed of business and government move like I've never seen before in the history of, I mean, I'm only 34, so I haven't seen too much shit yet, but um, it just goes to show what's actually possible when people genuinely make plays. And it kind of makes me feel quite proud to be a New Zealander for the moment. So I think like, shit, it is actually possible. People can, this, the, the banks will do this, the government does that, the government does this, the does that. It feels more kind of. Yeah, look, I think um, when people unite behind a purpose like this uh, and galvanises everyone to, and what it does is it forces you to go, okay, these 10 things are not priorities. And we've been really clear for, for example, when I talk about our business, first priority is well-being of our people. The next one is making sure critical infrastructure is there to sustain New Zealand, because if that's not there, then the next part around helping customers, helping the rest can't happen. So when you're really clear on those priorities, you can do things at speed and, and agendas get put aside and you see people come together. And I think Kiwis are good at doing that. And okay. we we want to see everyone come out of this as well as they can. And so what we're trying to do is make sure across the board um, 
that that we see that happen. You, your senior management team and all of your execs and stuff, they must be a whole bunch of flipping weapons, right? Like, have you been surprised or over what your expectations of the speed everyone could execute at? Like, how that team that, that's been around you, have you, um, I guess, noticed everyone either step up to the plate or not in the last little bit? Because it's obviously a big, big thing that you've pulled off. Yeah, look, I'm really proud of my team and they have um, leaned in together. They, we've got clear division around the things that they are accountable for, but we come together because many of those things cross over at times as well. So whether that's Mark is running our network and technology, because that's pretty critical and you can imagine it's largely a 24 seven job at the moment with everyone. Yeah. And that's, so we've got to make sure that we've got the great team behind him that backs him up so he can step out and um, if I look at our customers and our channels, so Grant has done a fantastic job. And then I look at Heather who's led out on our people um, in communications and how we're thinking about that. Um, across the board, you know, the, my whole team, uh, I've got eight in my leadership squad, they've all got different roles they're playing, whether it's in product. And it's pretty important to have the right people around you, the people you know who will lean into that, who are empowered to make the calls, um, but also communicating. Because at this time, it's very easy. If you have everyone go off in a different direction um, mm -hmm. and make, a, make their own decisions about things without bringing the team with them, you're at risk of causing confusion not only in your own business, but for others who are engaging with you. And that's yeah. one of the things we've tried to be really strong on. Who's the primary lead? What's the point of um, communication and how we work together? And at the end of the day, have a bit of fun when we can, because um, yeah. that's important. Like a team who gets on well together, um, is there for each other, has their backs, is what will see us through this. Virtual whiskey tasting sessions. That's all you need. Just send, Actually, we did send. have a virtual session, not whiskey, but we did have a virtual <laughs> session the other day, one of our like end-of-day ones. Just a big like, geez, yeah. this is happening. Do you think at the, at the end, right, that every business owner in New Zealand is going to rethink, do they decide to go back to the way it was? It's like a new girlfriend. And they had a maybe they had a shitty ex-girlfriend or they had a better ex-girlfriend. And they think like, mm. dude, do I go back? Yes or no? Like, do you think that businesses, because um, as they find sure efficiencies in their business, but, but you know, but like, <laughs> you know, if yeah. you had like a, if, do you go yeah, back or, or not? Like, do you go, it do you think is that? probably going to be a catalyst for change. I think people, because behaviour changed, the more often you're doing something. So if you've got a period of weeks where people are doing something differently, it is a chance to stand back um, and think about, well, why did we do things like this in the past? Could we be more effective doing, working the way we are? And how might we adopt that? And then you create a new, what's the new normal when you go, when we go back to more of a yeah. normal situation there's still a lot of water to run under the bridge so i don't want to get ahead of ourselves and there's yeah um but i but i would hope for some of the bigger issues within new zealand too so digital inclusion is a massive one so we're here streaming we've got access to the internet but there's over two hundred thousand families in new zealand who don't some of that's by mm. choice but some of that's because they can't um there's income poverty there's other reasons so we've got a huge responsibility uh, as an industry and as a community to make sure we're addressing that. And that's part of the response we're looking at as an industry as well. We've got a um, proposition through our foundation called Skinny Jump, which is really around a, a wireless broadband proposition, which allows um, families, originally it was for families with young children, but now we are it to seniors, to people looking for work, to have access to pretty much a not-for-profit subsidized broadband proposition so they can. Oh, dope. Yeah, mm. so we relaunched it. Um, Yesterday, that's been planned for quite a while. Um, it's been a, it had been a market for three years, but we've made we've been listening to the people that we work with. So we work with 130 partners across New Zealand who 
help um, roll this out in terms of to the families and the schools, a lot of libraries. And so we've been working with them and the Ministry of Social Development. Kiwi Bank's been a partner of ours on this as well to really yeah. look about how we lift. And, and for me, so uh, yeah the audio just just yes, gassed out sorry. you're right you're right yeah yeah <laughs> the so, points run out of juice what happened we did. that's exactly what oh. happened <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's only 11 30 there so you must have been on calls all day you've just been smacking it well, I came from an industry called the minister, and uh, we've had my team this morning. So you're right. I'm just going to plug it in. But yes, so effectively, um, yeah, jump is a is an opportunity to help, and for me, that's a really important thing. Besides, cool. to have a hope out of the back of, you know, the terrible things that will happen as the result of COVID is that we start to shift some of those things. Our health system, as we look at that too, in terms mm. of how technology plays a bigger role in that now. So I think there's some opp opportunities outside of um, obviously you know, the terrible time that it is as well. Yeah, it's uh, on that on that tech thing, especially around health, like I look at the implications of what's going to happen with 5G opening up, right? Like I've seen, I was at CES last year and I was looking at, you know, four, four flat screen TVs streaming 4K each off one 5G connection. I'm like, holy shit, this is genuinely going to switch the game off. I got a chance to test some of that out before and it's, it's pretty incredible. But also that same thing of the same way that I guess going up from dial-up to broadband has enabled us yeah. to exist in a way like this where it is possible to take the world virtual. This next wave of what's going on, I don't think people are really grasping what the opportunities that are at hand for, for business in the future to make technology and safer lives and better lives and and just kind of, yeah, a, a bit in New Zealand through actually leveraging and utilising technology. I think that's right. I think 5G, when that is at scale, will offer the opportunity to have unconstrained capacity. And I think mm. that's a huge thing when you think about it. So we're talking about caps and things now at the moment. But as we move through this, and that allows you to do a lot more things that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to in the past. So whether that's um, uh, through health, looking at um, some of the, uh, you know, you've got operations, got all sorts of things, but also in terms of um, agriculture, you've got manufacturing, you've got a mm. whole lot of different cases. We use Team New Zealand was a good example. You've got a lot of data streaming off the boat immediately. The engineers can then actually make choices real time yep. to actually shift some of the work that they're doing. So any business that has, uses a lot of data, and needs to make choices and actions at a time, 5G is going to be one of those things that really opens that up and I think opens up the opportunity to think about way things in a different way because what mm. you won't, don't want to do is just take what you had before and try and fit it in there. You want to think of what, how would that operate in a new mm. world and how would that change what we do? It's a bit like digitising anything. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. No, we did. We um, helped uh, the Emirates boys with all their um, Facebook live streaming stuff up in Bermuda. And so we're there, uh, uh, Frontside's the uh, production partner helping um, Hoops and the, and, the, and the team for this next one. So, yeah, I'm well aware of that stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. The um, So the challenges for this, not only health and logistics or whatever, what do you think, what do you think like the biggest challenge or concern that you're going to face with within your role or your business in the next, while we deal with corona? Like what's the... Big flipping piss off elephant in the room, red flag, holy shit, let's not, let's, we need to watch out for this thing. What's that? I think as we move through this first four weeks, we'll get a sense of what does, what does the world look like as, as we operate in this? How much can we do? I mean, obviously, we've got a global um, situation in terms of economies, 
uh, a lot of talk around what's happening in terms of, um, you know, whether recession or other things. I think what we've got to focus in is what can we lean into and, and do. So what we want to make sure as a business that we're helping New Zealand businesses to keep working because that keeps us productive as a country and therefore helps to contribute to the extent we can. I totally recognise there's some businesses that have been hugely affected by this and cannot work remotely. Um, but one of the things we're trying to do is make sure that we then have, therefore, people have more choices as we come out the other side of this for recovery. Um, so that's a big important thing to making sure New Zealand can come through this together and we come out the other side. So for me, that'll be one of the main. And so then it's a matter of how do we run a business like this remotely for a long period of time? Because we'll have people who are very much, to, I talked before about meaning, having to swap people out and make sure that people are getting rested um, within an essential service type scenario and make sure that we're still making those really clear choices about what's really needed right now versus doing lots of different things. Yeah, it, it's quite, if you would have said, you know, 10 or 15 years ago to someone, hey, so publicly listed billion dollar entities, no one's actually going to work and everyone's just going to like hang at home with their kids all day and everything's still going to run totally, like not totally fine, but and everything will still operate and not shut down. You'd be like, piss off. But it's quite, I mean, think about it, you got a well, team of, working, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, but, you're, but the logistics yeah. of it, because yeah. like mentally, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel around and, you know, I can work and sort of do my thing wherever, but even just the mindset of what that takes to go uh, remote uh, and become your new normal, now all of a sudden, everyone else is kind of eager to experience the goods and bads of that same thing as well, right? Uh, we've got a, a, a question here. Um, if you run a small business right now, how would you mentally prepare for handling this next phase of life? Mm, good question. I think it'd be about making sure um, you stay connected to, to people around you. So in part, being able to talk through what's happening uh, with others helps you uh, or get different perspectives. But also when you're voicing it out loud, also it helps you frame in your own mind um, what's important within that yeah. and it also builds that resilience because nobody can do this on their own I can't do it on my own uh, none of my team can so you need people leaning into it you also get some clear ideas too around how how other people are managing this change yeah. these things shifts with people moving to 80% working all sorts of other things that are happening and how you set yourself up to be in the best position um, what are the two or three things that are most important as we start to come out of this Mm. as to what you should be doing in your business and and what does that mean you leave behind then or set to the side and that's the opportunity every every business has to to reimagine what they would look like on the back yeah. side of this yeah it's a, it's a forced reset right they can think about okay how, how do i restructure it oh i've created these efficiencies using utilizing tech oh i've actually been able to crank up margins doing this oh we've actually got this new revenue stream in these different pivots um Vanessa Sorensen asks, how can we all unite as New Zealand businesses to help those less fortunate with no devices, Wi-Fi, and overall connectivity? There you go. What is the best plan of action to, for us to combine, combine our, our efforts? So, so I think, I think if, from that perspective, I talked about jump and what we're trying to do there. And, and mm. uh, that, I think, we're working with the Ministry of Education right now at the moment to actually use that as a way to accelerate through to help with some of the digital learning. I think New Zealand businesses, they're coming together so that we at scale can help to solve whether it's devices. The government have what we call the Digital Inclusion Work Program. So it's leading into that. Because I think one of the things is we have lots of things out there right now, um, but they can be fragmented. What would the power be if we put all of our resources together and actually work yep. through something like the Digital Inclusion Program to 
whether that's um, devices, whether it's access, whether it's actual digital learning, because there's a piece around how do I how do I know how to work on the internet and trust if I haven't had it before? Mm. We need to do all three of those things, build the skills. And, and there are a number of um, people in New Zealand who are really leaning into this. The other challenge for businesses, um, probably not right now because there are not a load of people getting every device from any sort of place to make sure that people can work from home. But outside of that, we turn over devices, we... Um, over time, mm. how do they get recycled and made available for people to be able to use, whether it's for digital learning, whether it's, um, and, that, and that's a range, that's from children to seniors uh, within that or job seekers. So that's why we're working with people like Ministry of Social Development as well to think about how we might do that. But I think for me, it's lifting up as leaders and thinking about, so we've used Spark Foundation as one of those ways to do that, but there are others. And the Digital Inclusion Work Programme that has been run through the government is also a great way to, to lean into that. You seem like not really that stressed. You kind of feel like you you know what you can. Is it because you kind of you can see the plan in your head of how you you know that you fit within the whole piece kind of thing? Like you you don't seem. I mean, obviously you you can't be a shit leader. You obviously know what you're flipping doing, but but it's you're very um, poised. You kind of know what you're doing. You know. I think from within that, what people need through this time is calm, and they need mm. to be prepared. Uh, not panic and mm. i think that's really important as leaders so that means that as leaders you also got to make sure that you take some time away so yeah what do you do morning walking standing walking alone i might add no one around me but that's the opportunity to just get a clear head to actually get some time outside to then get ready for the day i think for me also it's that thing around i'm calm because i've got great people around me as well mm. so i know we come together as a team there will be things that challenge us and there are things that are challenging us right now. But wasting a lot of energy or um, over getting overstressed on that won't help me or my mm. team make better decisions. Now, that's easy to say. <laughs> Not as always easy to do. But that's where you're getting the balance right between how do you um, stay in work, come out of it, have some break time from it, do something that's completely unrelated to what you do, spend time with the kids, go walking, do whatever whatever it is within our confined backyard or close to home, obviously following the Lit4 um, protocols. But for me, that's how I think about doing it and making sure I have some downtime. I have some great people around me also outside of work, colleagues I've worked with before, people across the country, a lot of the businesses uh, I've worked with over time who are really supportive as well. So when you know that you've got that, um, that's what helps you, I think, be resilient through times like this. So you've, you're pretty much saying you've got like an Illuminati CEO secret group chat. Everyone's like, yo, how are you doing? What, what's what's the plan? So how do you, re did you change yeah. your, um, your, your balance routine different before this? Or have you always kind of had the same routine for to doing it? I guess the emotional, spiritual, all the rest of it. Like what's the, how's your routine yeah. changing? What, what is it? I think over time I've probably got better at it. There are still mm. times when you go, that's not the person I want to be or how I'm showing up. Um, You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, some days, yeah, we all have those days. Um, I think I've been more purposeful about trying to do that, particularly at times like this, mm. um, because you can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. Uh, so you need to find a space so that you are strong to be able to handle what comes next. We don't, none of us know that. All we can do is prepare for some likely scenarios. So that's where I think about actually spend, it is important to take the time. Yeah. To actually have a rest, to get away. In a world that we're 
connected in every way and form 24 yeah. If you don't put some things down, you can't actually get that time away. Do you have your phone on do not disturb after certain times? Do you lock it? I do. Do, you, do, you, do, you, do you do you put it out of the out of your room while you sleep? Well, I have it on silent. I there have, you go. There's probably only two calls, two numbers that have an override on that, and that's probably more if our something was material was happening with our network, then I would know yeah. about that. But other than yeah. that, it's not because or otherwise just don't want to throw the hammer. Be like, yeah. yo, my 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 Netflix ain't streaming that good. <laughs> sort of get yeah. some stuff up. Yeah. Um, do, do you um, obviously in times like this, you've probably had to have some pretty tough conversations, right? There's big decisions that need to get made. All the business doing the same thing. If you're a small business or a business owner, I guess listening to this right now, you've you've got thousands of employees, you've got lots of mouths to feed. Like, how do you um, how do you navigate tough conversations? Like, how do you approach? tough choices, decisions, uh, laying, laying people off, not being able to meet payroll, um, delaying payment, just just that whole tough world. How do you navigate and, and, and deal with the world of tough conversations? I think the first thing is to think about um, in that scenario, all the, all the places you can go for help first. So whether that's um, the banks in terms of the um, guarantees and how they might help with loans or extending uh, payment holidays, thinking about the partners you work with, how can they help you, and then get really clear on your mind, how could you sustain through this period and what would that mean needs to happen? Because unless you're clear with that, then having difficult conversations with your team and trying to break it down into the periods. So the next four weeks looks like this. Kind of this is what we know about the next period that we're in for the for the lockdown. This is how we're going to navigate through that. Um, being open with the communication Nobody likes to have the tough conversations, but it doesn't help anybody by not having them either and not being mm. upfront about where are you. Um, we've tried really hard with our business to communicate virtually every second day. There's something going out. There's oh, nice. people can contact. As soon as the PM announces something, I will immediately send something out. So what does that mean for us? What will you do on Monday? What does that look like? And that's really it. that two ability to have a two-way conversation to come back as well around these are the questions we have. And in that way, we're arming our people um, with more certainty. We can't give them all the answers, but creating some stable backbone there is important. So for a small business, I'd be thinking about how am I how am I leaning on the people that can help me? How am I being open with my people? And, and there's some really tough conversations out there. I, there's no doubt when you look at it across yeah. different industries, particularly in tourism, it's been really tough. Hospitality. Totally. All those and and nobody wants to be in that position, but it's the thing around how can I get my business in a place if I can sustain through this to get it down, make some choices now that'll mean that I'm there for the longer term and therefore we'll keep more people employed, we'll keep my family um, well supported. So I think they're the things that we've got you've got to think through if you're a small business leader or a large business leader, you've got a responsibility to think around how you support the community around you as well, which is yeah. why we move very quickly with some of the things around. Um, the caps or with the financial hardship to make sure that people had at least knew where they stood with that. And yeah. then you can start focusing on the things that you're not as sure on. Because it's always that thing of as soon as something happens deep down instinctually, you know, you got a family or whatever, and you're just like, how does this affect me? Like literally me, like specific. So it's good to say so it's kind of like, yeah, fr front foot, I guess, there initial concerns are us, everything else, they're not going to actually listen because they're still focused well, about that first thing. It's so hard to, yeah. everyone, it's natural human behaviour. 
And in the time and uncertainty, it's probably heightened. So leaving a vacuum for people, they imagine the worst or they hear things or they start talking. So what we're trying to do is be very clear on the communications. And that's where, um, so Heather who leads um, my people team has done a fantastic job alongside her peers and making sure that we're doing that really well. And I saw um, the in, in moments like, like I had talked to two friends. And I was just saying before someone else, it's like that one mindset was offense, one mindset was defense. Um, I need to bend down the hatches. Holy shit, the world's ending. I need to figure shit out. And then the other one's like, now's the time to strike, go on offense. Now is where we need to be proactively brave to shift the strategy of where we wanted to go with the business forward. Now we need to do boom, 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 boom. And it was just really interesting because two kind of similar people in similar lanes, the mindset that they brought into it was totally changing the their own reality to their business. So how do you, do you, because obviously I'm a kind of a sport guy, I always think of like offense, defense, like attack or not attack. How do you, how do you think about offense versus defense with this when it comes to, I guess, New Zealand and Spark and, and, and the communities and stuff? I think you have to think of, I think both of those, you know, good teams going to have a great offensive play and really solid on defending what's important and making sure. So if you think about the things we need to sustain, we've got to be really crystal clear on that. And when you think about the priorities we had as a business, get on those first. That gives you the opportunity to think about what else could you do to help, what else could you do to sustain your business through this time and opening up your mindset to be able to think about that. But if you haven't got the first part in order, very hard to actually concentrate on yeah. how you might shift forward because the kind of inbound inquiries and everything else that will go with that. Uh, just So I think it's a combination of both. Great teams are balanced. Um, yeah. That's what you need to be doing in this time to think about how you come through this. And there'll be some things, as you said before, that we will have moved to as a result of the situation we're in what are those that should sustain mm. as we come out? Um, what are the ones we want to really hold on to? And I think that's how we where we get the balance from. Um, I got a question here. It's it's, it's unprecedented times. Um, does Jolly think that the Commerce Commission would have deeper relationships with other telcos and broadcasters? Look, I think um, at the moment, I think the the Minister Farfway has come out uh, quite openly around talking about this as a time for industries to show up together. Mm. Uh, obviously within the the constraints of the law, but they're looking at, we want you to put the solutions on the table that we should consider and not to be tied up in, um, uh, I won't say um, s s too much of the regulatory side of that. If the intent is right, we're leaning into it and we're being very open about what we're trying to do. I think there will be yeah. more openness to how do we actually solve these things together. And New Zealand's a small place. Mm. So... Um, a great place, something we're all really proud of, but it is one where you can connect relatively easily across industries, and we should at times like this. Yeah, well, it's even just that thing of, you know, if all of the telcos can get on the same page for certain things, then if the government's looking for the betterment of all of New Zealand, then I guess it's almost just like, hey, bring it to us, and if it makes sense for the people, stuff it, let's give it a nudge, right? Yeah, and, and that is exactly the, the situation. I and mean, We had a call this morning with the Minister. Um, it is around making sure that that we show up well, our tents right, and then if you do that, then you'll get support, I think. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it, Tom. It's been good yarning. What are you most scared of in the next in the next week? In the next week? Um, I don't Going know, crazy not, with two teenagers. Yeah, well, <laughs> reality at home, that, that's a very good point. <laughs> that's probably the most... That might um, be more stressful in the 5,000s. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think for me, I... I think in the next week we've got things broken down. So 
obviously for well-being of New Zealanders if hmm. we have a period of escalation and we probably will until the uh, balance is out. We want to make sure that everyone comes out of this as well as possible. What, now, I've got parents as well who are in that particular age group, yep. so that that's worrying for everyone who's in that situation. So you want everyone to come out as best they can in this, and that's why we've made and the government's made the choices they have to actually make sure we lock down now so we don't get to a situation that we're seeing in some of those other countries, which is pretty horrendous, whether you look at Italy or Spain. Um, so for me, it's really, I'm probably not scared about anything, but it's just making sure that we continue to show up well. We're having those, making time for, as I said, those breaks. So I'm, I'm mm. drinking my own champagne or eating your own dog food, whatever yeah. one you like of those <laughs> analogies. Um, and we're there, they're there. You actually got that resilience for each other. So I think they're the other things that I'm, thinking about most clearly we want our networks to perform well and they're doing a good job at that we're seeing yeah. that we've got great capacity on our fixed and mobile we've got voice under control as well so i think from my point of view it's about being there uh, for new zealand as we go through this time i kind of oh, it's actually interesting you might have just actually potentially asked answered a question which i've been asking a lot of very smart people for the last couple of years and no one's been able to answer so the question i i ask people is you know the treaty of white tangi yeah. No, but no, but I think you've actually answered it, um, and I think it actually is a thing. So I'm actually quite very um, happy, actually. Um, the Treaty of Waitangi brought together culture and community. Right? It was a moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. What has been the moment since you didn't answer it because we found the answer? But what has been the moment since that culture, community, and commerce has got together on the same page for something? Now, proactively since that day, there actually hasn't been a moment that the nation has been together with culture, commerce, and um, and culture. But this moment now with corona is actually a forced moment that's been brought onto us. So we're actually re reactionary to that moment of culture, commerce, and, um, uh, and yeah. community. So I then think about, then the next question I didn't ask is, okay, well, if the Treaty of Waitangi brought us together, then where are we going? Because if the the only time that cult, all culture and community has been together was a hundred and however many years ago, and we haven't had a moment since, then basically it's like, okay, that's a moment that brought us together. Now where are we going? And it's interesting because what I actually think I've just realized to myself as I'm thinking as I'm saying it is uh, COVID-19 for New Zealand, the corona moment, is actually the moment where it has actually galvanized community, commerce, and culture. So now where do we go? So it's actually as a, we're at the intersection right now, like how do business leaders um, deal with it? How does the government, um, you know, in, engage and, and provide forward? So I actually think there's a, we're actually having a moment now. So um, to, for that, for the, what the new New Zealand can be, which is why I, I say like today is day one of the new New Zealand. Today is, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's for much craziness and carnage that's happening around us simultaneously. I, I, I get obviously want everyone to be safe and flipping stay at home and don't stuff this shit up. But, on the other side of this thing, it's actually quite. I get um, hopeful for our for our future for something way better because this would be the moment on paper that has galvanised all three of those things. So I guess the question to you would be, on the back side of this, what does that? Where does New Zealand go to next, and what does that that new New Zealand look like in your eyes? I think for me, it's that opportunity. I've talked about digital inclusion. It's something I've been passionate about for a long time. It's things like this. This. This is now probably a catalyst as we look to try and get more kids remote learning, we get people mm. remote working. We close that gap. Now, the question is, why did it have to take something like this to happen? So so as a country and as leaders, um, we need to lean into how do we make some of these catalyst shifts occur post that, whether it is health, mm. whether it is 
digital inclusion, whether it is some of the new models to help support and create new opportunities, because we need a productive New Zealand. And I think it's the onus is on all of us to bring together behind a, a purpose, as you've said, or a, a community culture spirit is how do we shape New Zealand for what we want it to be in these next few years? So for me, it's some of those things. It's about actually closing the gaps that we have had. And, um, and this has catalyzed some of that, um, not that we'd ever want it to have been mm. done by that, but it is about thinking about what does the New, uh, New Zealand look like post. Uh, yeah, and it becomes a thing of like, instead of why, it's like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why, why so shouldn't every flipping kid in New Zealand have connectivity? Why shouldn't there be a smartphone? Why shouldn't they have access to Google? Why shouldn't they be able to use, you know, Alexa, okay. voice, whatever? Because yeah, mm. you're about participating and contributing to society. If you don't have, if you can't even apply for a job, a driver's license, you can't learn, you think about how much you use things to search up, um, mm. just to understand. In my day, it was sort of this Encyclopedia Britannica. Now, yeah. My day was in Carter. Yeah, and of course that was out of date as soon as the next year moved on. So when you think about how the world's moved and how important it is, it's so critical. And whether mm. that's banking, any of those things. So that's one element of it. That, that's not the whole answer. But clearly what we've also seen through this time is, to your point about community, we've seen people lean in. So those people who are self-isolated, the elderly, uh, students volunteering to deliver things while they could. Obviously in lockdown it's a little bit different. But that concern for your neighbour, concern for someone around yeah. you, I think that is something we need to hold on to as we come out of this too and really galvanise behind as a country. No, that's that's awesome. I think there's a – I'll put some more thought into that because I think there's a um, – because I've been thinking about this idea of like a, a manifesto for a new New Zealand or a something or there's, there's something there's something in there and I think you've probably – you know, you're very well positioned with your Rolodex who's in, in your cell phone to be able to help craft and navigate this. So, look, I, I, we've gone, I think, a lot longer than what I think you, I knew your calendar probably allows for. Yeah. So I'm extremely um, appreciative of your time. And I know you got to go um, one with a million bits and pieces. So I really appreciate your um, time, Jolly. It's awesome to um, have you on and, and, and sharing your, your thinking with, with, with the crew. Thanks very much. And thanks for your time um, today. And take care and stay well. Yeah, be good. And to apologize for whoever's waiting after this thing. Just say it's my fault <laughs> I and I'll buy them a whiskey. <laughs> Everyone okay. else does. It's fine. Thanks, Jolie. I'll see you soon. See you later. Bye. Peace. Rock and roll. All right. Jolly's out. Uh, thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning into that. I genuinely, I didn't realize we went that far. I'm pretty sure she probably had like some gnarly hitter that was supposed to be on right after that. So, I apologize to whoever that was. Blame me. Kind of don't give a shit because I think it was a really great chat. Unless you're like Jacinda or a minister or someone, then I'm really, really, really sorry. So I apologize. Um, this this was a mega chat. And uh, what has been good, actually, I will say, is just humanizing and actually, you know, I didn't realize Philpin had 5,000 staff and shit. It's great to see, like, you know, leaders stepping up and actually having a, and being able to humanize them to say what they're thinking and, and how they're navigating this because it's a shit show and it's a, it's a tough time. And there's lots of tough conversations with people are having to have and it's you know the, the headspace that people are now having into this new world of a day one for a new new zealand um it's pretty crazy uh, paul says really enjoying this tough stuff Rebecca and jolly props kerry well done props um 
I appreciate everyone. Uh, thanks so much for, for tuning in, checking it out. Um, if you've got uh, someone else that you think I should uh, have a chat to, more than happy to, just uh, let me know. Um, and we're going to keep this thing going. Tomorrow, we have uh, Victoria Crone, uh, the CEO of Callahan uh, Innovation, another um, heavy-hitting weapon um, on, on the front lines. I'm getting shit done for New Zealand, which is super cool as well. So thank you, Jolly. I apologize to whoever is on the last five meetings, which you're supposed to have, instead of just yarning away with me. And enjoy the rest of the day, team. Peace.